my story, his story, our journey. This is Miss Mary here, just thanking everyone for tuning in today. Uh, I am airing this a little bit later in the evening due to the very busy schedule that I have, so I hope that you catch it tonight, and if not, you may be able to listen to it tomorrow, but I am thankful for all of you that's tuned in again, and as you know, we've been on this journey with Jonah and learning from Jonah and his life and his life's mistakes and a little bit about his attitude. So we are going to wrap it up with the book of Jonah this evening, and we are going to take a look and see just what Jonah is up to now. Has Jonah learned his lesson? Has he not learned his lesson? Does he still have a bad attitude toward God and God's decision to forgive the people in Nineveh? Well, we will see that today. So uh, thank you for tuning tuning in and remember to please share this podcast with your friends encourage them to get on board listening to God's word learning from God's word to where we can go out and be a light unto this world thank you for tuning in and I'll see you in my part of the story to my part of the story. So, we have been studying the book of Jonah, and as I said to you before, I had originally, if you've been following the whole, uh, the last four episodes, if you have been following me, then you know that originally I felt led to this because of some pain in my heart uh, due to my son's lifestyle and what he struggles with, and uh, you know, my son has professed to be a Christian, and yet his life does not reflect that, and he's taken himself down a pretty dark road, and, you know, I, I, like I said, I have studied the book of Jonah before, and I wasn't sure exactly why God was leading me down this road, and this was a particular journey that you actually took with me at the same time. Now, some of my other episodes were lessons that I had learned through God's word and what I was experiencing before and I was sharing them with you but you have been with me on this journey and and I have been excited to see what God has tried to show me this time in Jonah you know God's word is so wonderful and powerful we forget that every time we open up this holy book this timeless book has so much information for us. It is our Father speaking to us, helping us, teaching us, helping us grow, helping us change more into the image of His Son and our Savior, Jesus Christ, and helping us to be restored back to what He originally planned for us in the garden. And I do know, and I do see where my heart gets softer and and more forgiving and, and more healed by every journey He takes me on. And And this life is a journey. And this life with Christ and this relationship is a journey. If you are not living in a journey with Christ, then you are not, like we said before, abiding in Him. You want to abide in Him. And when you say, well, Miss Mary, how do I abide? Well, you be with Him. And the only way to be with Him and to see Him and to watch His life and to know what it is He's trying to show us is through His Word and and with His people and in His house. And uh, the Word is the most important out of all of those. You will, you know, you can be fed at church, but if you can't sit down and feed yourself at home, then you're going to be a pretty sick child of God because that's not enough. 
If we only fed ourselves three times in an entire week, we would be very weak people. So abiding in him is staying with him, staying close beside him, like that intimate personal relationship and allowing his word to abide in you. That's learning the word and learning these stories and seeing them from a new fresh outlook of what it is he has to teach us and in taking that word and letting it sink deep into our hearts to remind us when we come up against anything that we quickly remember the word that we have put in our heart and to live it out in this life and through our faith. So we are going to pick up in the fourth chapter of Jonah. And as you know, in the first chapter, he totally rebelled against God and he went as far away from Nineveh as he could to Tarshish. He ended up in a boat, ended up in the bottom of the boat, telling the sailors to throw him over. He would rather die. And they did. And he did pray out to God as he was losing his life and he was losing it quickly. And God appointed a great fish to swallow him up. It's interesting as we wrap this fourth chapter up to see how God appointed a great wind during the time that Jonah was asleep on this boat. And then God appointed a great fish to swallow him up. And we are going to see in this last chapter, God appoints some more stuff. So please don't miss that. Don't miss God's appointing and how we see that God is determined to get his child to listen and to pay attention to him. We need to remember that in our lives as well. When we become like Jonah and become stubborn and go our own way, what could happen to us while we're out there on our own way? God is always loving. He's always merciful. He's a wonderful, sweet, loving God. But he is also our father. And sometimes he will allow us to experience our own problems through reaping what we sow in some of the decisions that we make in our lives. A lot of times we like to blame God for that. But the truth is, is we took ourselves down some of these and most of these paths. However, God can get your attention while you're on that path to try to steer you away from that path of destruction. And sometimes it does take discipline to do that. But like most any great father, the discipline is because he loves you and he wants to correct you. And he wants you to understand that you need to not go this way, but this way. And ultimately, it is better in the long run for you. So we saw there what happened with Jonah. And then he eventually got vomited up by the fish. And then we see him make the decision to go to Nineveh. But was he really being obedient? Or was he just being like, okay, so God saved me. The fish puked me up on the land, which saved me. Um, Also, you know, from the belly of the fish. From the water where he was drowning, the fish saved him, and then the fish puked him up, which we we said the word vomit itself is kind of disgusting. It's almost as if God was letting him know he was kind of disgusted with his poor attitude that he had toward God trying to forgive Nineveh and its people. So we see that he journeys into the city to finally follow through with what God said. So we had hope that Jonah was now listening to God and being obedient to God. But then we see where he only took one day's journey in versus the fact that it took four days journey to get through Nineveh. So did he take the message to all of Nineveh? We see a very short message that he gave to Nineveh in 40 days. 
you shall be overturned. Again, I don't see his mentioning of sin, and I do not see him mentioning of God sending him. Even though we do see that the people of Nineveh, it said that they believed God, so maybe there was more that he said. But honestly, maybe they just cried out to the God that they knew Jonah, a prophet, followed. Maybe they was just fearful enough, or maybe God had prepared them before Jonah's arrival even through other situations that they, at this point they believed like, we need to listen to the God of all gods, the God of this universe. So we don't really know how that took place, whether Jonah said more and it's just not written in the word, or did Jonah actually give a very short message and God did the rest through the people of Nineveh. I have a tendency to believe the second. And the reason I say that is because we're still going to look into chapter four. And our question now is, after they actually repented, turned from their wicked ways and turned to God, has Jonah now seen God's power? Has Jonah now got a better attitude toward Nineveh? Has Jonah changed from his wicked, selfish ways? his judgmental ways and attitude toward Nineveh? Has he learned anything since God has been trying to teach him that he has continually gone the wrong direction? And as I've been listening to this story, God has taught me a lot, and I do see how it could lead from my concerns for my son and his ex-wife that have struggle with addiction. We often get to the point over a period of years of praying and praying and praying and praying that we think, you know, Lord, are you listening? Lord, is there hope for them? And then also, sometimes we feel because the children, like, they don't deserve. They don't deserve a life with their children after what they put their children through. Our children deserve more They deserve love and compassion, and I believe that as well. They deserve to have a happy home, a safe home, a loving home. After all, they did not ask to be brought into this world. That was our decision when we decided to have children, and they were also a gift from God. God breathed life into them, and we need to think very carefully about how we treat the lives around us, knowing that they are God's creation. So I can see where there's a struggled feeling there. I could see where my son could be running from God. He made a profession of faith. Is he traveling down a dark, deep road and he just keeps going down and down and down further like Jonah did? Is he going to wake up? Is he going to follow the Lord? Is he going to listen? Is he going to allow the Lord to forgive him and set his feet on the correct path? Well, we don't know. We don't know is the thing and as a heart of a mother I'm always thinking to myself is it going to happen Lord will he turn back to you did he ever know you is he thankful for salvation if you gave it to him and then I have to think about myself how do I feel about the pain from the addiction that Satan has caused throughout our family and the pain that has been inflicted upon our grandchildren. Do I have a heart like Jonah? 
have I allowed sin that has you know oftentimes I say people say that my sin affects me but you shouldn't worry about it but it does affect people around you it affects me as a mother and a grandmother it affects the other set of grandparents on the other side it affects these grandchildren and the siblings as well to the actual people that struggle in addiction and and so but is our hearts gotten like Jonah have we forgotten that we were forgiven have we looked at their situation and got so angry from the aftermath of sin that we almost feel they don't deserve it that they've brought this upon themselves well when it comes to God's word I think we could all learn from him on both sides and I can see how this rereading of the book of Jonah has showed me that and has softened my heart but what about Jonah did it soften his heart is he ready is he ready to ask God himself to forgive him and to turn to God and be thankful that these people have now cried out to God well we are about to find that out as we journey with his part of the story in the fourth chapter of Jonah. So I'm glad you're with me today, and we will wrap this up today on this fourth chapter, and I will see you over in his part of the story. his part of the story. As I said at the end of my part of the story, we are about to journey into the very last chapter of the book of Jonah. And we're about to see, has Jonah learned anything? Did he understand that God had the right to forgive Nineveh? Well, Let us start, and we'll see how this ended with Jonah, and if he learned his lesson. So, chapter 4, verse 1, it says, well, let me back up just a little bit. Let's go with where we ended. Let's do chapter 3, verse 10. When God saw what they did, how they turned from their evil way, God relented of the disaster that he had said he would do to them, and he did not do it. So we remember how they repented, they poured ash on themselves, they wouldn't even let the cows and the animals eat and drink, so even the cattle repented. And it says, and God did not destroy them. He did not do it. Then we go into chapter 4, verse 1. But it displeased Jonah exceedingly. And he was angry. And he prayed that the Lord, or he prayed to the Lord and said, O Lord, is not this what I said when I was yet in my country? I'm going to stop right there. I could have stopped with just verse 1. But I went ahead and read the uh, verse (laughs) 2. Can you believe this? Like, I don't know about you. 
but I knew that was coming because I had read the book of Jonah. However, looking at it from another perspective, as I've studied it on this journey, and maybe you've never been in the book of Jonah. Do you believe it? Can you believe that Jonah witnessed an absolute miracle with these evil, evil people? And yet he was mad. Jonah, have you not learned anything? But wow, how we can be strict on Jonah. We can be harsh on Jonah and mean. What about us? What about us? Do you see yourself there? Do you see a Jonah in you? But he said, Oh Lord, is not this what I said when I was yet in my country? That is why I made haste to flee to Tarshish. Ooh, see, Jonah did admit it. This is the reason I head to Tarshish. Do you see what's happened here? Now you've forgiven him. <laughs> he never intended. So when he was going into Nineveh, now we understand why he only did one day's journey. He never really intended it. Like I said, it's like that child that is everything in their heart and their mind and their attitude is like, I'll sit down. But are they really standing in their heart and in their mind? Maybe they're sitting on their bottom because you told them to sit themselves down. But are they really sitting in their attitude, in their heart, in their mind? Are they obeying? Or are they spitefully sitting down? Spitefully going and doing what you told them to do? What about us? Do we grudgingly put that money in the offertorial plate? Do we Oh my gosh, I'll be so glad when this vacation Bible school is over. I am so exhausted. I just want to get back home. Mm. You can say, well, Miss Mary, isn't that stretching it a little far? I don't know. What do you think? Are we happily trying to reach kids with the gospel of Christ? Every time when we pull up on that parking lot? Are we excited about which child, Lord? Which child shall you put? There's a ton of them out here. But Lord, what ones have you been drawing to yourself? Which which child will come to me this very night and say, I want to be saved or I love Jesus and show me what to do and tell me. Are you excited? Are you burning inside for someone to be wretch and someone that Jesus is going to meet on that journey during that week of vacation Bible school? Or are you just signing your name to that, you know, that role that you will help out? Because after all, you always have, you've always done it. See the difference between legalism and love? Are you legalistically just signing your name to that register just so you can be seen doing a good work for the Lord and you really just want to get out of there go back to having your evenings to yourself are you grudgingly doing what God would have you to do for the kingdom for the people that he's trying to reach that's a side thought haven't thought it to myself don't think that the Lord and the Holy Spirit hasn't said that to me while I've done these kind of studies 
in these journeys that he's taken me on. Yeah, Jonah never really intended. He didn't want them forgiven. Still had bitterness and anger in him. And his bitterness and his anger took him down a very dark place. But yet God has still showed him mercy and grace with the fish. But he says, for I knew that you are a gracious God and merciful, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love and relenting from disaster. Therefore now, O Lord, please take my life from me, for it is better for me to die than to live. (laughs) He wasn't saying that when he was going down and down and down and down in the water. See, he's came full circle again. He told the sailors to throw him over because he'd rather die. This, in chapter 4, is exactly why I believed he never had the intention of really sparing the sailors. He would just rather die than go to Nineveh. And if God's hand is in this, and God is trying to show him and direct him to get off that boat and to do as he said, he would rather be thrown over. When death really stared him in the face, mm, he wasn't thinking that then. But now that Nineveh and the king of Nineveh has repented and found favor in God's eyes, he wants to be dead again. Mm, he'd rather die. For it is better for me to die than to live. And the Lord said, this is almost like the rest of the story (laughs) you're just are you hanging on do you get that way when you read the word of God because I get that way and the Lord said and there's just this pause and silence like what what is he about to say to Jonah what is he about to say to me if I have this attitude God says do you do well to be angry That should just, that should tickle a believer's heart and convict a believer's heart at the same time. That is truly what a father would tell a child. When you tell them to do a specific thing, and you will listen, because after all, this is my house. God literally, do you do well to be angry? And basically, he's like, so, you think it, you know, is there a reason Jonah, do you really think that this suits you or is best for you? Do you do well to be angry? Should you be angry, Jonah? Is this about you, Jonah? (laughs) So what does Jonah say? Verse 5. Jonah went out of the city and sat to the east of the city and made a booth for himself there. He sat under it in the shade till he should be, or till he should see what would come become of the city. <laughs> so he didn't really care too much for what God had to say to him when he said, do you do well to be angry? Like, do you have a right to be angry, Jonah? So he goes 
and he just goes so far out of the city. Now, this was a city he didn't even want to go to to start with. But yeah, now that it's all done, and God has literally saved the people of Nineveh, and they've repented, now all of a sudden, he's just going to go a little bit on the outskirts of Nineveh. And he's going to sit there, and he's going to watch to see what this city will do. Wow. Jonah is literally waiting to see if they screw up. He is still so bitter that he's sitting, hoping that it's just not real. That they won't, that they would turn again and be evil again. I believe with everything in my heart, he was sitting there waiting for them to mess up. Do you ever feel that way about somebody in your life? Do you ever think that, well, they weren't in church and they were living a life of sin and maybe they repented and came back to church and then all of a sudden they were in a position that maybe you wanted or doing something in the church that, and they found favoring the eyes of the brothers and sisters and you were like, oh, they'll screw up again. It won't be long. They'll be out. Don't worry. I know these are harsh words. I know what I'm saying to you may not be going over good because I may be stepping on some toes out there that I don't even know. You guys have invisible toes. I know the amount of listeners that I have, but knowing you one-on-one, I do not. But is that stepping on your toes? Is that convicting your heart? Have you felt that way? Because that's what Jonah's doing. Jonah's sitting, waiting, hoping that they won't mess up. sad really to think so what happens now the Lord God appointed a plant now I'm going to stop again (laughs) well the Lord called and appointed Jonah to go to Nineveh then he appointed a storm and a wind to take the boat he appointed a fish swallow him up and vomit him on shore and now he has appointed a plant do you see God's hand in here do you see where the father will make a way the father will get your attention the father will deal with a disobedient dishonoring child and a bad attitude he appointed a plant and made it come up over Jonah that it might be a shade over his head to save him from his discomfort. Hmm. Okay. So God's being merciful to Jonah again. Just like he did when he appointed the fish to save him. Merciful again. Maybe there's a little bit more behind this plant as well. Maybe there's a little bit more to this story that God is leading Jonah on this journey himself so Jonah was exceedingly glad because of the plant well of course we're always glad when we're blessed we're always glad when we're taken care of and when God blesses us and shows mercy and grace upon us we 
we welcome it with opening arms and a happy, joyful heart when it comes to us. But what happened then? But when dawn came up, and the next day, God appointed a worm that attacked the plant so that it withered. (laughs) Now God has appointed a worm. God gave him the shade and the ability to have comfort and to take him out of his discomfort. Then he also appointed the worm to take away that comfort. Hmm. When the sun rose, God appointed a scorching east wind and the sun beat down on the head of Jonah so that he was faint. Okay, so he appointed a plant to protect and shade him for comfort. But then he appointed the worm to take away the comfort and what he had and what he had been given. And then he also appointed an east wind to make that sun double hot. So do we not believe that the Lord will appoint something that would be discomforting in our lives? Would he have his hand in some discipline? Looks to me that the answer is yes. Because he appointed the east wind and the sun beat down on his head so that he was faint. And he asked that he might die and said, it is better for me to die than to live. Here we go again. Just take me out, Lord. Just take me home, Father. I don't know about you. This reminds me of the book of Job. Except Job never counted God wrong. But Job did get to the point where he said, I wished I had not been born. But he never really said, I want to die, I want to die, I want to die. I don't know, Jonah's being a little bit of a crybaby in my opinion. I'd just rather die than to deal with this. I'm sitting here trying to watch Nineveh fail and fall on their face again. And I'm uncomfortable while I'm doing it. But then I'm comfortable, and now I'm uncomfortable again. I would rather just die. But God said to Jonah, Do you do well? to be angry for the plant. <laughs> now we've gone full circle from him asking him, does it? Does he do well to be angry at the forgiveness of Nineveh? And now he's saying, do you do well to be angry at the plant? Now I don't know about you, but this is getting serious between the father and the child. This seems like a very serious situation where the father's going, mm, have you ever like been in trouble? And your, you know, your mom or your dad says, that's enough. Stop. Or you're going to get grounded. And you don't stop. And then you get grounded. Now you're mad. Now you're piping hot. And then you get, I want to go somewhere this weekend. And she's like, no. Now, in my case, it was my mother disciplining me. But some of yours may be your father. And she's, and if you don't be quiet, then you're going to go to your room for the night. And you just can't stop. And then the next thing you know, you're in your room. 
and then you're behind the door and I'm just back there and I've, I've lived this. So I'm back there just angry at my mother saying this and saying that, and I shouldn't have to go to my room and I don't want to go to my room and, and da, 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 da. And my mother literally standing outside my bedroom door said, well, yeah, you might not want that, but where are you saying it from? And I can see God's personality through this. Like my mother. Where are you saying it from, Mary? In your room. Do you be, do you do well, Mary, to be angry when you put yourself there? Are you angry, Mary? Now you're in your room. And it could get worse. And trust me, it's been known to get worse. And it would usually end up with my backside being on fire sometimes <laughs> which never killed me by the way it showed me to learn respect so here we are he said yes I do well to be angry angry enough to die and the Lord said hmm, you pity the plant for which you did not even labor nor did you make it grow which came into being a night and perished in the night. It came up in the night and it perished in the night. And should not I pity Nineveh? Hmm. So he's now saying, you know, you, didn't, you had no hand in this plant whatsoever. And I believe that's God showing his power and authority. You don't have the ability... You didn't create life. You don't sustain life. You didn't make this plant grow to where it could give you shade because God knew he was the one that made that plant grow to give him shade and to make him feel comfortable. He said you didn't get, you had no part in it. And it came at night and it went away at night showing Jonah a very important lesson here when he says in contrast to that the point that he's trying to make to his child and should not I pity Nineveh that great city in which there are more than 120,000 persons who do not know their right hand from their left and also much cattle see remember I had said something about how when it comes to particular things in this world that are very sinful and we think of homosexuality murder different things at the top of the chain of oh my gosh it cannot be forgiven and should not be forgiven I have often said that before I was a believer I too had no ability to overcome my sin without the very presence, blood, and power of Jesus Christ through his Holy Spirit in my life. And this shows it that God even felt that way. God said they know not their right hand from their left. So God is aware and understands that until they have the leading of the Holy Spirit until the, His Son 
and the ability to give him them the ability to change from their sin nature they didn't they, they didn't have it they didn't have the ability until i reached out to that city that great city and told them that this could be destruction for you by the path in which you're going and they decided to repent and turn to god and he said 120,000 persons you're upset about a worm and a leaf but it's okay for 120,000 people to die and suffer punishment, including their cattle. That's a strong lesson to learn. It will make you open up your mind and your heart and think, what was I thinking, Lord? But you know what? It ended there. Do you ask yourself, happened? Did he come back? Did he repent? Did he ask and beg God for his forgiveness for his bad attitude? The fact that he came from a lineage of people that were evil also and that God had forgiven them and then he saved him by the whale or the great fish, whichever it may have been. It may not have been a whale, but I think of a whale. He saved him yet he still wasn't soft enough then he showed him in an instant how he could have instant relief in God's protection and mercy over him with the plant and then when he took it away he still I'd just rather die I think the Lord left this book right where he wanted to leave it for you and I to think and take a deep look into our own hearts and minds Where do you stand after this? How do you feel? Did it soften your heart and your mind toward others that don't know their right hand from their left? Or are you still angry, thinking they don't deserve it? I actually talked to my husband about this and read it once again to him before I even posted and did this podcast. And I just started to cry because I looked at a blank page and I told my husband, do you see the back of this blank page? This blank page is God's way of saying, can you live with that, Mary? Can you live with not knowing the outcome? Because I may have to. I don't know the outcome of my son and his situation. I pray for him if he is running away from God and God's rule and lordship in his life, how far will he have to go? And myself to be careful not to want the absolute best for him and and these children's mother and to pray diligently loving them, hoping that they do repent and return back to God. And I started to cry right before I aired this podcast and yes Lord I will have to be okay with the story ending there but he knows the end and I have to trust him with it well that's the end of the book of Jonah and I 
hope you've learned a lot from the example and from all of the conversation between God and Jonah and all that you saw through this story and this journey. Um, I will have a short wrap it up because I know this particular part of his story did go a little bit longer and we will wrap it up with just a little bit of commentary and I will see you in his or our part of the journey right after this short break. Hey guys, if you're wondering how I got this podcast started that you're listening to, or you might be interested in starting a Christian podcast yourself, there is no better way than with Anchor.fm. You can become a missionary to many straight from your home. For starters, the Anchor app is totally free, plus there are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast. It also is so easy to maneuver around. Trust me, I did it. You can be supported by your viewers with a donation button, plus running ads if you choose. Anchor is everything you need to make a podcast in one place, even if you're only using your smartphone in the beginning. They also will distribute your episodes to platforms themselves, getting you out there to Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many others. Remember, we can be a light into a world that needs some hope, love, and peace. So get started today by going to www.anchor.fm or download your free Anchor app. Now, back to my podcast. Welcome back to our part of the journey. Well, again, I hope you learn a lot from this story of Jonah. And remember, this is a story about Jonah, but we really don't know that Jonah wrote this book. Matter of fact, they believe that it was written by someone else. There has been talk about it actually being, um, you know, possibly like a parable or... Um, Kind of like it says here that the theme is the Lord is God of boundless compassion, not just for us, Jonah and the Israelites, but also for them, the pagan sailors and the Ninevites. And it also says the title of this book is the name of the main character, Jonah. The book is anonymous and there are no indicators elsewhere in the scriptures to identify the author. The fundamental source of the Bible was likely Jonah's own telling of the story after his return from Nineveh. But we don't know if Jonah told his story and what had happened to him to someone else and they penned the actual book. But we know this, it is God honoring and it's there to edify and lift up the believer in the body of Christ. So God made sure that it was put and included into his holy book. So, maybe Jonah did learn. Maybe he told the story of the lesson that he had to learn from God. Maybe shortly after he said that 120,000 people don't know the right hand from their left and the cattle, Jonah thought deeply into his mind and heart and changed his mind. Wouldn't we love to believe that he did? But 
You know, it does say that the primary purpose of the book of Jonah is to engage readers in theological reflection on the compassionate character of God and in self-reflection on the degree to which their own character reflects this compassion to the end that they become vehicles of this compassion in the world that God has made and so deeply cares about. And that is something that we need to remember, that this is a world he created. These are people that are his creation. And do we love them? Do we love God enough to love what he created? Do you wonder if standing before the Lord, he might remind you that who you came up against was still my creation? We know that you're only a child of God and adopted into the family of God if you become a believer and a follower of Christ. But they're still his creation. He made them. Do you have love in your heart for those out there that the Lord died for and is trying to reach? Do you have love for Jonah? Can you forgive Jonah? Or do you just look at the story and say, Oh my gosh, how could he be so naive? Has he not learned anything? After all, I said that in the beginning of chapter 4. But I pray Jonah did learn. I pray that he finally got God's point that everyone his creation he loves them and he allowed his son to die for them in a horrific death on that cross and that crucifixion and with the people that come around us that cross our pastor and our journey here on this earth we need to look at them with compassion and love we need to see them we need to pray for them We need to care enough about them to even know them. Like I said before, they want to know that you care before they care what you know. So as we live this life out as believers in temples that the Holy Spirit is supposed to live through and we are supposed to be in the image of Christ, remember that image. Remember the love that he had for the lepers the love that he had for the man that was filled full of demonic powers, the love that he had for the woman with the blood flow that most people would have considered diseased and sick and should not have even been near a godly man or a holy man, much less Jesus himself and to touch him in his garment. He cared about these people. He loved them. And if you're out there and you're struggling with drug addiction, he loves you. And he's willing to save you, not just from the penalty of your sin, but from the bondage of that sin. And if you already know him and you're running and you've caught yourself up in a mess of going down, 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 regardless of its drug addiction, alcoholism, pornography, there's so many different things, homosexuality, turn to him, turn back like Nineveh did, turn back to him, ask him to forgive you, 
repent and turn from the sin that wants to destroy you. He wants you to be whole. He wants you to be perfect. We'll never be perfect until we get that glorified body in heaven. But he will continue to make you into his image. And if you see Jesus for who he is, who would not want to be like him? Let us continue pray for people, reach people, and love them with the love that Christ had. Let us pray. Dear Heavenly Father, I just thank you so much for taking me once again to this book. Thank you for giving me a fresh view as I looked at it from a different perspective. I do pray for all of the listeners. I pray that you would use your word, touch their hearts and their minds. Show them that you are the way, that you can forgive them, change them, heal them. Help us, Lord, not to be like Jonah. Let us not carry the bitterness and the hatred in our hearts because that is evil as well. That is sin as well. Satan wants us to be angry. He wants us to have hatred toward others. That is not of you. Lord, I pray that Jonah learned from his lesson. I pray that I have learned mine as well. I know you've certainly softened my heart and my mind. I asked you, Lord, to go before us with your powerful word, teaching others around us. And I pray that this episode and this podcast does reach everybody in these seven different countries that it's aired in. I pray your power over that, that there would be more listeners, that it would be shared, and that your word would help break the power of sin the hearts and minds of the people that you created and wanted them to be a specific way in the garden back to the garden help us all Lord we ask you to forgive us when we fail you and I ask you just to continually teach us and bless us and allow us to be a light for you an example of you in your precious holy name I pray Lord and amen. Thank you again for tuning in to my story, his story, our journey, and I'll be looking forward to traveling into a new journey with you next Tuesday, and I'll see you then.